Hi, friend. It's Brittany Moses and Ranella Kalagithi, and you're listening to Speaking Our Minds, the podcast that brings you honest and nuanced conversations around mental health, holistic wellness, and the real complexities of what it means to be human in the challenges of today's world, where we have fun, fascinating, and meaningful discussions around how to live a more insightful, connected, and whole life from the inside out. Joined by guest professionals, thought leaders, and some of my friends and those with lived experience. As always, we ask that you keep in mind that the views and opinions shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from your clinician or provider and is ours to discern. We're so glad you're here. Follow the conversation on Instagram at Speaking Our Minds Pod and sit with us because we're diving in. This podcast episode is brought to you by WeShare by UHSM, a unique healthcare membership on a mission to create holistic wellness for the mind, body, and spirit. I'm honored to partner with UHSM and its community of faithful members. Together, we plan to create more awareness and programs around mental health and the role it plays in our overall balanced health. If you or someone you know is frustrated with their current health care, I encourage you to inquire about membership options at www.weshare.org or call 1-800-900-8476. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Speaking Our Minds podcast. This is Brittany. Renella is out of town at the time, but she is with us in spirit. However, I'm so glad to be joined by my friend, Jen Wolf. Jen, how are you? Good. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Jen is such a great, great friend of mine. And we have just so many wonderful conversations. Mm -hmm. I couldn't help but bring her on as we are starting the new year, Mm -hmm. which as me and Ronella were talking about, it's all a construct. (laughs) It's not what you do with the new year. But, you know, we're starting the new year and this is a time when everyone's kind of like new year, new me. I have all these goals. You're maybe thinking more intentionally about how you want to go into the new year or like the type of person that you want to be and Mm -hmm. all of those things. And I think we get a lot of that, a lot of the goal setting and the lists and the resolutions and what have you. But I think we wanted to take the time in this episode to really talk about getting closer to who you are, Mm. which I think is important because I think there's a lot of messages out there that take us outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. and we can get so focused on external validations or shoulds of who I should be based off of what I see other people doing or what my goals should be based off of other people's accomplishments and goals. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a great time to reground and say, what is you? Like what works for you and how to get as close as possible to your true self, because that's where you're going to flourish. And that's where you're going to thrive. Like, Mm. how do you feel about that, Jen? Because I know for me, every time I try to adopt someone else's formula and then you get frustrated and you're just like, or you're not totally fulfilled. And it's just like, you know what? That's, that's not me. Yeah, that's 100% on board with that because I've tried pretty much, I mean, not I'm going to say not all of other people's formulas, but so yeah. many because it was like, um, it's almost like not fully 
believing in yourself right. just over and over, believing that someone else maybe has a better way yeah. or some other, you know, idea or whatever it is that you're adopting for yourself from the outside in. And also because you said it, the word should and like mm-hmm. shoulding all over ourselves. It's always what <laughs> I, I say that. because our they have actually measured scientifically that our body will literally react. It'll mm-hmm. contract when we say the word should. Wow. Because it's so not, you know, authentic to what we, you know, want to be doing sometimes, or it literally will go directly against that. So it's just a way away from yourself when you constantly do what you think you should be doing. It's great intentions. I was doing it because I wanted to be a great daughter or a great student or a great person. And so I felt like the way to do that was like adopting all of these shoulds in my life. And it Mm. led me pretty far away from, you know, who I really am and who I really want to be and the things that will actually fulfill me. So as good intentioned as it was, and I'm glad I did it because I'm able to say now I understand Mm -hmm. what that is. And now I can compare it to what I'm, you know, what an authentic, true self life is really about. I really appreciate you saying that because it is well-intentioned, you mm-hmm. know, and naturally we want to please those around us. I know I've been talking a lot about people pleasing and yeah. shaping yourself around people's expectations, thoughts, and opinions yeah. and what have you. And, you know, I think a lot of us spend a lot of our early years just, mm-hmm. and we don't even realizing it, but we're making decisions and shaping ourselves based off of these external appraisals and, and mm-hmm. approvals. And we realize, oh, people like when I do this, or I get rewarded when I do this, or I get more likes when I do this. So naturally there's a conditioning that takes place within you that says, well, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep showing up in this way. I'm going to keep trying to be this type of person. And then you get older and it catches up with you because I think maybe your brain develops, right? Mm -hmm. And you're starting to get to know yourself more. And then you look back and you realize, wow, like these this wasn't totally me. This was like a constructed version of myself based on social things around me. And I think there really is, you know, a neurological part to this, a psychological part to this, that we also want, like the brain seeks clarity and Mm. the brain seeks safety. And so through that, we want to know absolute answers. We just want to know who we should be and what we should be doing and clear answers on that. Yeah. And I think the beauty of going through an existential crisis, (laughs) which I've had mine, I've had my quarter life crisis, all of that, where (laughs) you start questioning everything, you know, is that it kind of teaches you to get comfortable with the unknown. Oh, yeah. Right? It kind of gets you used to being comfortable with saying, you know what? Mm -hmm. I don't know all the answers, Mm. but that's okay. I'm willing to still move through this. Yeah. And... And also relearn my voice, relearn my convictions, because maybe we've had experiences in life from other voices of authority that have disconnected us from ourselves and taught us that we have to rely on external voices of authority in order to have that clarity. Totally. Um, Yeah. And so that can be difficult. I think part of the reason why we seek out for other people to tell us who to be and what to do and what to follow is also just naturally because our brain wants that clarity and there is like a psychological security mm-hmm. that comes with that. But yeah. and in security, the long run, yeah, it, it doesn't work out. 
it's the security and the rewards we get too. So what you said, like even when we're very small and we're getting our attachment and all of this, we learn, ooh, I can connect. I feel connected. I feel loved. So your literal survival as a child, because you're fully depending on others, right? To survive. So it comes out of that place of survival of, ooh, if I do this, then I feel that. And oftentimes that's through people pleasing, that's through performing, being, you know, putting that script in front of your life instead of being authentically to who you are. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. that does get crushed or you get swayed away from that because the consequences are just too intense. It can be as intense I mean, it can feel intense, but it can be as simple as just upsetting your parent or, right. you know, that connection with them breaking or something which feels very dangerous. It feels very um, uh, scary to a child. So yeah, that survival, which oftentimes are survival, you know, tactics and coping mechanisms are the things that end up hurting us later as adults. So we have to readdress those and be like, okay, while I totally understand how that, why that developed, I need to now find the way that works for me. Who am I? Mm. Because, and that, that you have to face some of those scary things when you're doing that. Like, that's why it's so scary to actually start to not do things maybe that might upset people mm-hmm. or that maybe not everyone agrees with, or, yeah. uh, you know, actually make these decisions. I mean, and you said at the unknown, that's one of the scariest places we can be. Mm-hmm. So being willing to take leaps into maybe an unknown path. I always said that I left the paved path to carve my own path. And you're that is, it's scary. Every fairy tale, by the way, has that in there. There's a forest and we don't know yeah. it's in the forest. And then you go through the forest. You know, it's like I did my thesis on that in school because it's literally uh-huh. the psychological way for us to leave mm-hmm. the quote life we know, the town, the whatever it is, go through that scary forest and then end up in the life that we were really Mm. meant to live, you know, and that's most authentic to us. I love that. That's so true. Because anytime (laughs) I see like either a fairy tale or a movie or an adventure story, what's our favorite part? It's like the character development. Yes. It's like at the end, (laughs) they find themselves through all of this and they find who they really are and what they were really meant to do or what have you. Um, You know, you talked about your thesis and I know we kind of like jump right in, but for those who aren't familiar with you, (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what led you to the work that you do today and... Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah, a little bit about your story in terms of what was that paved path versus mm. the unknown path yeah. to yourself, or yeah. as we say, coming home, back home to yourself. Yeah. So I um, am a now a, a life coach and a relationship expert. And that's definitely, again, not. I did not know I would end up there. Mm-hmm. I kind of got there by following and being willing to take steps and go into the unknown. But I actually came to LA when I was for college. I went to UCLA and I came to... <laughs> yes. <Same>. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> so I, I came to be an actress. Um, and I actually really believed since I was five that that's what I wanted to be. And my parents were always like, well, you need to go to college. So I was like, okay, I'll choose one in LA then <laughs> because <laughs> of what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And so simultaneously, I actually ended up majoring in sociology, which was what I thought was just a default because there were so many others that were full. I tried pre-med. I was like, that's definitely not for me. <laughs> but my dad really 
kind of encouraged me to be a doctor. There's one of those influences. Mm -hmm. And of course, I wanted to make him proud and he's all into science and I love science. But it was pretty early on in my pre-med journey that I was like, you know, this is not for me. I just feel it. And so I made the choice to to leave that. It was really just steps that I just kept leaving this quote paved path that was laid before me. And I majored in sociology. So and then and I didn't realize how that would play a part in my next step. But I went off after college, really kind of dabbled in acting. I didn't I didn't commit to it fully, I think, because again, I wasn't in love with it. Mm. I was in love with parts of it. I loved being able to express myself on a stage and, you know, speak, but I didn't love doing it as someone else. I wanted to be doing it as me. I wanted to be speaking from my heart, Mm. but the script was in the way. And so I actually started to try to you know, do these acting roles. And I realized I'm kind of blocked in my emotions. I can't access my true emotions and express my true self. So I started to fall in love with the process of trying to access these deeper parts of myself. And I realized through this acting journey that, okay, the psychology of this is fascinating. And I'm so energized and excited by that. So I I learned along these steps that if I'm feeling excited and energized Mm. and curious, that's usually a sign that that's a path to follow. So I went to graduate school, got my master's in psychology to follow that passion, kind of veered away from acting and um, fell in love with it. And another thing that happened toward the end of me getting my degree, I started to feel like... "Mm, Again, that feeling of, I'm so glad that I did this, but I don't feel like if I continue along the path of getting licensed and all of that, that that's really authentic to me either. Mm-hmm. So I knew I needed the degree, but I also knew that there was another unknown leap coming. And after I graduated, I did make that leap into um, away from the licensing process and into the entrepreneurial you know, world of starting my own business, taking everything that I knew and applying it that way to my clients. And... Simultaneously, by the way, I was also married. I got married. I met the person of, you know, my dreams. Everything fell apart in our marriage. And then we found our way back. So that also helped me become a relationship expert and really know how to overcome a lot of things in a relationship. So I applied that as well. Mm-hmm. And then found myself in the coaching business and world that I'm in now. And I love it. (laughs) And you're amazing. Like it's so clear that that is your gift. And all why I just love getting lost in these three hour conversations with you. (laughs) You and I could literally (laughs) talk talk forever. I was like, I I met, I remember when I first met you, there was just that spark. And it's like, yeah, oh, this is my person. See, there it is again. Again, the spark. The spark, the excitement. Yes. And speaking of the spark, the excitement, you know, you were talking about how, you know, when you were in pre-med, you just, and, and with acting and it wasn't fully you, you felt these blocks mm-hmm. versus when you found things that excited you mm-hmm. and drove you toward curiosity, yes. you could felt like it was moving you more toward yourself. And yeah. I I found that as well, yeah. you know? Um, and so how would you differentiate mm-hmm. between the true self and maybe the false self mm-hmm. or as Martha Beck, who we enjoy reading, mm-hmm. <laughs> calls the social self. It's basically... Yes the part of you that's been socially constructed, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe by the expectations of others or yeah. examples of others yeah. versus who you truly are. Like what are some differences yeah. to you? So oftentimes that socially constructed self is well-meaning, like I said, but the rewards are external. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't tend to feed you or or 
help drive you nearly as much as those internal rewards, um, which I just mentioned are excitement. Martha Beck calls them the sparkly things. Like you're just walking along and you see something sparkly, like you were sparkly to me or, you know, um, this, the psychology was sparkly to me and you don't always know the why they're sparkly or what part they're going to play. It's kind of keeps it fun and you have to be willing to go on that path. And so a lot of those truer parts of us that we can forget because Mm -hmm. we are constantly, persistently told what we should be. And even more so now with social media, all the things. Um, It's just that, again, it's coming from more external rewards versus the internal ones. So um, really being clear about what it feels like when you're aligned with your true self and Mm -hmm. and then what it feels like when you're actually moving away from that. It is a drastic difference once you tune in and really are able to feel the difference. And sometimes that's all you have is just that that inner knowing. This feels like very miserable. This feels, there's not, it's almost like death in a way. It's like this, like it's a very dramatic way to explain it, but that's literally how it feels. I completely agree with you. And my therapist, she would actually call it like grace, right? It's like, it's it's something that you didn't choose. Like mm. you didn't choose to be excited by these things. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't choose for that like spark to happen. Totally. It just happens. Yeah. And that's what kind of hints you toward kind of also what they would call like you're knowing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, it helps you come alive. In my case, I know because I'll hyperfixate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I will hyperfixate. Awesome. Like I will get yeah. so pulled into it yeah. that I want to know everything about it. Yes. And I just, and it, I'm, cons- it's like all consuming. All consuming. You know, and you just, you're absorbing everything about it. Yeah. You know, Completely. and what's interesting is sometimes that not even, that might not even be like your final calling, but you no. learn that it's actually a part of a bigger picture. Like I got really into the gut brain health connection. Mm-hmm. I got so consumed by that. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that I'm called to be a gastroenterologist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I do think that that's maybe going to be a part of my work. Like, Absolutely. you know what I mean? In the future. It will be. And that's what you I know? think. I, I mean, I have to, I believe that so wholeheartedly that right. the key is part of the being aligned with your true self and kind of living that life is yeah. not getting attached to the end result because quite honestly, it is yes. always, it's above and beyond what we can imagine. Exactly. That is like Ephesians 3.20. Just yes. that's the life. It's when you align with that, it, you are going to live above and beyond what right. you could imagine. We can't even comprehend. And if we're totally, if we can accept that, which yeah, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Right. We we just grab onto that. And the reason we wouldn't is because it is scary and it is, um, you know, sometimes really hard to trust that, especially if you've been through a lot of trauma and hardship, which are two of the things that come in between you and your true self. When you have to survive, you're going to choose survival over your true self, right? So whatever coping mechanisms, and I think that's so important too, part of the work that I do with my clients in order for them to really align with their true self is to address so many of the things that are holding them back, which is more than just socialization. It's it's trauma, it's events in their life that were literally at times life-threatening depending on the childhood you had and all of that. So respecting that too, and being really kind and gentle with yourself that there are some real things that can hold us back from that. And therefore it can be really scary to not only face those, but let those go, you know? Yeah. I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about how the brain wants this 
clarity. It wants this concreteness. It mm-hmm. just wants to know mm-hmm. kind of like, and have those absolutes. Yes. You know, so I think that definitely comes into play when we're thinking about conversations about calling. I know that I heard that a lot. Like, what is your calling? As if yeah. it's this one fixed thing yeah. that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. And I can already see just in now in my thirties, how much I've changed and how much my interests have changed. Yeah. And I truly believe that our entire life is made up of like a bunch of different lifetimes and a bunch of different versions of ourselves. I believe our essence and our nature stays the same, mm-hmm. you know, but we are continuously shifted like more and more toward the things that yeah. are within us. Totally. You know? So I, I think calling yeah. is fluid. It is fluid, but it's also, yeah. there's like, it's like a video game. It's like, there's different <laughs> levels. So you'll hit one yes, level and yes. then you're like, okay, time to level up. And I always say that yes. like it's leveling up. And so it keeps it so fun and exciting and adventurous to know yeah. that, yes, I have, like I have graduated from, uh, you know, graduate school and now what? And then leveling right. up. And each time it's like, you're taking a leap into that new thing. And yeah. it's, always, you can always use everything you have Yes, in what you're doing next. Yeah. Like one example, I never imagined I would produce a movie. I always thought I was going to be the actress and I just did it. So exciting to see you do that. But I used everything I've ever learned in that as a producer. You are also a psychologist. You are, you know, everything I learned about the acting, all the things and being on a set. And that felt like home to me. I was like, this is what I was always called to, but I had my own ideas of what that looked like or I was told. So that's just one example of one thing recently where I was mind blown at what had just occurred. And I saw how everything had led to that moment. Yeah. It was beautiful. It everything really does integrate forward. In my 20s, when I started a youth and young adult nonprofit, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought that was gonna be my life's work. You know, and then I'm changing and then I end up going the psychology route and all of these things. And yeah, it's just interesting. I posted the other day on Instagram, like you're allowed to change. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) even from the thing that everyone knows you for or the thing that you always thought you were going to do, Mm -hmm. like you are allowed to make those shifts. You don't need anyone's permission to do it. Yeah. And life is going to be made of a series of changes. I think that's actually something that, our generations today are embracing more because I think there was this idea of you have a job, you focus on the one thing and you do that thing till you die. Mm-hmm. And I think there is still some like honor in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not one or the other. Yeah. But I think now there is a more open thought to the idea that you are actually allowed to um, find the things that align with you so that you can live a really fulfilling and meaningful life you know, and you are allowed to to make those shifts along the way as you figure those out. And so yes. I agree with you Permission. for me, when I am in my quote unquote false self, mm-hmm. I feel a sense of purposelessness. Mm. I feel like I'm kind of like adrift. I feel like I'm lacking direction. I feel unclear. Yeah. I feel unmotivated. I don't feel passionate. And I know what the difference between the two feels like when yeah. I am in myself. And when I, when I am aligned with myself, and sometimes you have seasons when you're in that because you're trying to figure it out and that's okay. You're making a transition from like one thing you've always done or used to do or thought you were going to do. And now you're trying to figure out like, what is the new thing? Cause I'm realizing this isn't fulfilling me or this is not really who I am. And you kind of go through that either existential crisis or yeah. kind of that fog or that period where you're adrift. Yeah where you're like, you know, I know for me also, I lack creativity, 
you know, mm-hmm. I can't think of anything creative, you know, and totally. you can feel a little, um, you might even feel a little depressed. Yeah. Because you're just, you're misaligned. Yeah. You know, and it's exa- and it can be exhausting. It can be exhausting. Yeah. So I, for me, I know like those are all the feelings that I feel mm-hmm. or I feel stuck mm-hmm. or frustrated. Stuck. That's stuck. A big you one. feel stuck. Mm-hmm. That's how I know that I am not living in myself mm-hmm. and I am um, maybe either living according to what I think other people want to see that's not really fulfilling me Mm -hmm. um, or that I'm not aligned with anymore Mm -hmm. or I'm trying to figure out what that is now that I've learned more about myself. Yeah. Um, and versus my true self where I, it's all the things that I'm motivated. I feel clear. Mm-hmm. I kind of know what my message is. I want to take action. I feel secure. I feel confident. I feel my convictions, my mm-hmm. values, my voice feels clear. Yeah. But even getting there, it's like we have to be willing to, um, we have to be willing to get reacquainted with our voice mm-hmm. because some of us have been disconnected from it for so long, whether it's because of the trauma or what we've been in high control environments yes. that continuously tell us that we cannot trust ourselves. And to quiet down. And yeah. To, yeah. And to not speak. Exactly. Right? And you have to rely on these authorities to know what's right for you instead mm-hmm. of yourself. Mm-hmm. That disconnects you for a long time and you have to actually even just relearn how, or even just relearn that you can trust yourself. Oh, it's so huge. The trust in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That is the truth. Some of us have been indoctrinated <laughs> yeah. that we can't. Yeah, absolutely. That's, <laughs> I think that's one of the hugest obstacles is yeah. knowing, is choosing to trust yourself and what you're able to connect with on your own. You don't necessarily need to go through that authority or yeah. get, you know, that you can actually not only find your way, but do a better job of it when you connect to that, your own voice, to to your own truth. I mean, it's, and again, but when you do that, I think it's important to to say that one of the things that you get when you're on a paved path is that um, end result, like you know what you're heading towards. Exactly. And the thing that you don't with the unpaid kind of Mm -hmm. just follow your, what you're feeling in the moment is you don't know where it's going to end up. So what ends up happening, one of the greatest, um, tools to help you do that is just trusting that there's always one next step. It's always, it comes in the next step. It never, it doesn't necessarily, yeah. you can't grab yes. onto the end. So understanding that it works differently and yeah. that it's, um, that that's why it's so important to disconnect from all the shoulds and what people are telling you and connect to yeah. your own self, because then that's usually where that next step becomes clear I by agree. doing that. But it isn't just one step. So you're kind of like, ooh, but that's kind of yeah. fun, you I know? Think so I, <laughs> yeah. you have to have an openness. I love kind yeah. of thinking like, I have no idea where I'm going to be in 20 years. It's <laughs> exciting. Because now yeah. I realize I was like, whatever I'm talking about and passionate about now, yeah. this doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to be... And I hope I'm not just talking about the same things. Right. I hope I've well, built on and expanded right. and, and evolved grow. and grown by that. Yeah. And that is also yeah. part of it is a growth mindset, knowing that it's always, you're always growing and that you need that openness to do that. And to, yeah. sometimes it does mean leaving that secure, kind of predictable um, path. And that that is, on, honestly, that can be really challenging, especially when we've seen it modeled so yeah. often or clearly, or maybe we come from... Uh, family like that, or you know, who knows right. um, what 
what we've seen as the way. And then now, yeah. but if but then you start feeling the ways that you were talking about, maybe you're just not happy, you're depressed, you know that this is not yes. for you. And then being able to, it's really just a shift. That's it the beautiful is. thing. When you're in your false self, it's just a shift that will, you know, take you mm-hmm. over to, into your true self. It's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be complicated, but there yeah. are certain things that we have to know how to do to get into that place and to kind of yeah. shift. It's interesting. I saw this TikTok the other day and the girl was like, I've just been like sad. She's just like, I don't know what it is. She's like, there's nothing going wrong in my life. Yeah. You know, she's like, wow. my relationship is great. I have a great job, but I just, I don't know. I've just been feeling sad. And mm-hmm. I was kind of saying how sometimes it's a sign that we're actually not aligned with what it is we really want to be doing and who it is that we really are. We're fulfilling the things that we think we need to and should yeah. be fulfilling, but it's not actually aligned with like our soul or or we need to find other things outside of our job or outside of the things that we're doing that are going to bring us yeah. meaning and fulfillment. I'm not saying right. everyone has to quit their job, no. you know, but and sometimes, it, yeah, sometimes you sometimes, do. But yeah. like, sometimes you do. Sometimes it is in your job that, you know, needs the shift. Sometimes you're exactly what you just said. It's yeah. just other parts of your life yes. that you can add into to help you get into yeah. that aligned place where you feel yeah, all the things that you get, the, your energy back, your excitement for life, that that adventure kind of comes back in and you're, yeah. you know, you get what you're looking for and you didn't even know you were looking for it. You just, yeah. we know what it's wrong, but we're not quite sure <laughs> always what it is. We just know right. how it feels. So, you know, and speaking of, you know, we were talking about how, Sometimes we get messages and conditioning that disconnects us from ourselves. You know, I know for me, I have a conditioning that's even in the back of my mind that where it's like, it's almost heretical Mm -hmm. to even suggest that someone should trust themselves. I mean, you know, there are verses like lean not into your understanding and there's like different contexts that you can put around that. Does that mean don't trust yourself? Or does that mean like things are beyond what you could think or imagine? And so it's not only what you're thinking, but there's more, right? However you want to spin that, you can. You could weaponize it for Mm -hmm. people to disconnect from themselves. Mm -hmm. Or you can use it for a more holistic understanding of like, there is more than you can imagine. So maybe not to have just this concrete way of thinking. But does that mean it's telling us not to you know, tune into our own intuition, which is there for a reason, which I believe wisdom and discernment is a holy thing that's a part of us. Absolutely. But then you get these simultaneous messages running that saying that it's outside of us. Well, which one is it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so um, that being said, for those who are trying to unlearn these ideologies that are constantly disconnecting them from themselves. Mm-hmm. What are some practical ways that you think we can um, get back in touch yeah. with ourselves that we can take to discover our true selves? Yeah. I mean, I love that you bring that up. And I think I just want to address parts therapy too, because there's a mm. there's a whole, you know, uh area that we won't dive into, but it's all about the different parts of us. And maybe that verse applies to that. Like, you know, the part of you, there are parts we shouldn't necessarily let lead us and guide (laughs) us. Agreed. Including (laughs) like our inner child that maybe wants to take over all the time or parts of us that (laughs) need our attention, but they don't need to be in the driver's seat. (laughs) It's all nuanced. We always say it's nuanced. Nothing's black or white. Yes. Yeah. But 
there's a part of us that really have, when you lose, you know, who you were made to be, you know, and who you were created to be, it's because other things have taken your attention or they, they feel more important to follow than that. Right. So to get back in touch with that part, which is your true most, you know, authentic part that is the best thing to have in your driver's seat to, to lead and guide you. How do we get back in touch with that? Um, and that's a great question. And I would say for those that had a good childhood or maybe even just a mediocre one, we, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) we as children just know how to be, and we're just doing things to do them because they make us happy. We're not worried about producing things or I literally think that is childlike faith. It is. Right. Yes. When we're told to have more childlike faith, that's what that's I think what of who we were before and yes. how we just trusted and believed yes. before. I look at pictures of me as a baby. I was holding babies and being a mom from the time I was two. <laughs> and I, 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 there were many messages growing up that told me that wasn't valuable enough. Like you can't just be a mom mm. or just be a homemaker. Right. And so uh, now there are other parts of me like that I, have always also felt called like the actress part of me. I was always wanting to yeah. be on a stage or speak, you know. Um, you did look been... like a superstar at my wedding. <laughs> Let me just Thank say. You. Thank you. I was that like, was is a there a what celebrity showed up at our wedding unannounced? That's so it was cute. Jen Thanks, in her babe. yellow dress. <laughs> I Stunning. Loved your wedding was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so there's different. So, so all that to say, yeah. remember if you can. And if you forget, look at, you know, some form of pictures or whatever. Ask your parents, ask people around you that your best friends that you grew up with, what did I love to do? Who, how did we spend our time? And you will start to find these little kernels and of sparkly moments where you're like, ooh, that's true. That that feels true to me. Now, yeah how that plays a part isn't necessarily always clear in your in your current life. Mm-hmm. But honestly, even if you start to spend time doing those things, like I had a client once who I was like, what did you love to do when you were a kid? She was like, I just love to spin. She's like, spin. I would just spin like all the time. That's what I would do. In I was like, circles. all right, you need to go spin tomorrow. <laughs> like, just find something that you can spin on. And she started, <laughs> she started doing that. So and another love one, it. it was swimming. And she made an entire, she called it her spiritual practice out of, just being reminded to just try swimming. You love to do it. Just spend time doing that. This whole thing bloomed out of that where Mm. it's not that she uses swimming as her purpose or career. It's that she uses it to connect to that part of herself that then she'll get this beautiful idea or this inspiration will come that does apply to her purpose and all of that. So it's again, doing those things for the sake of doing them and helping you connect to that part of yourself. And then once you're there and you kind of plug into that place, you start, like what you were saying, I can't be creative when you're not, yeah, you're right? Blocked. It's almost like, I think of it as like literally a plug going into a wall when you're yes. doing that and you start to get all of this inspiration and creativity and these yeah. ideas and you can start to just at least start from that place. And it's a beautiful mm-hmm simple and you, and fun, oftentimes blissful way to take that step. Yeah. And also giving yourself permission to do that because our society oftentimes doesn't give permission to just do quote useless things or exactly. things that might not seem quote important. Some of those things are the most important things we could possibly be doing because of how they connect us to that part of ourself. Yeah, I really love that. And just getting back to what we call kind of your organic nature, 
and everything that you're saying, all I keep hearing is like, recognize or, or think about who you are and how you come to life when you feel safe. Mm. Right? Because like, That's when huge. you feel safe, and I notice this with um, even some of my introverted friends, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, there were some of my friends where I didn't even know they were introverted. I'm like, I thought you were extroverted. It's like, no, because I feel safe around you. Yeah. Or, you know, what have you. And so you see all of me come out. Yes. You know? And so I see that happen, right? Where it's like, when someone feels safe, you get to see all of them come out. Mm. And like, they are creative. They are witty. They are funny. They are like all these things. And then, you know, in certain situations that kind of locks back up, Mm -hmm. which is understandable because sometimes you're in situations where you're like, this is not a safe situation to be myself. But if you've been in those situations for a long time where it hasn't been safe to be yourself because you will be condemned, you will be judged, you will be criticized to shreds, you will be demonized, what have you, right? You've been taught that it isn't safe to be yourself and you can't be your true self. And so it might be difficult to access that. And so either getting around safe people and safe spaces or recalling moments and memories where you were around people who feel safe, mm-hmm. where you could fully just let go and unmask. I was going to say the mask. Take off up. the mask yes. and really be yourself. Huge. Like that's who you are. Yeah. You know, that's who you are, who you are when you feel safe because you're regulated. And that's who you want to be kind of driving that path forward is who you want to be coming from that place and that, and you're so right. You have to feel safe. So all that to say, if you had a horrible childhood and you Mm -hmm. did have, you know, like I'm married to someone who went through a lot, but, and he still found places of safety. So in now those are the places he turns when he wants to connect. So for one of them, it's music. He Mm. would just put headphones on just to kind of drown everything out and find his own safe place. And there are things, so even in the midst of all of that hardship and trauma, you still know how to find a safe place. Well, sometimes it's even just finding a hiding space. Or I saw a Tyler Perry documentary who also went through so much. Mm, Yeah. And he just had this tiny little like almost box under his house that he would just go to and sit there and it would help him just... And it's really sad and tragic. However, if you look at that as, okay, that's his safe place, what you're saying, then for him, he would know how to do that. And now as adults, mm-hmm. now we have to figure out how do we find those safe places. Finding like-minded people helps. And uh, it's huge. And safe people helps safe. bring that out. Like you said, asking friends when I hosted my event in Hollywood earlier this, which you came to. Yes. So grateful. <laughs> earlier this year, mm-hmm. we invited some of our friends and some of even Jason's friends, my husband's friends. And some of them came up to me afterwards and they were like, this is your thing. They were like, you're in your element, you know? We've (laughs) never seen you in a flow like this just because they've never seen me like speak publicly and stuff. Yeah. So even for me, I'm like, I make note of those things now where I'm like, oh, this is is what I love, Mm -hmm. you know? Okay, I like doing community work. I like doing like public workshops and I'm also very extroverted. So Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. You know, I I love doing those things more. So yeah, paying attention to what those things are that make you come alive, that flow for you, because when you are operating in your authenticity, Mm -hmm. um, kind of like you said, it, it feels lighter. Yes. It feels 
freer. Life feels like less of a burden. Yeah. You know, now there are those harder parts that come with it where now you may clash with certain people who expected you to be a certain way or the way you've been served them because there's no um there's no threat because yeah. there's no conflict in that. Yeah. But now maybe you have differences of views, yeah. differences of opinion of opinions. Um you see the world different or you're accepting other parts of yourself. And so that might cause a clash with certain people, but that's not your problem. Mm-hmm. It's being willing. One of the hardest <laughs> lessons I've learned on this journey yeah. of authenticity is being willing to let those go. Yeah. Let them think what they want to think. And not always fight for them to see you the new you or to, right. to fight for, to prove yourself. If I, you yeah, get, if you get that. lost in that battle, you tend to get really beat up because oftentimes yeah. they're just not going to be able to understand it or see it or yep. get where you're coming from. And that's okay. That's where healthy boundaries come in. Mm-hmm. That's also just where letting go comes in. I get really attached, people. I don't like Me that. Me too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I do. I've had to learn to do it. And the so tighter yeah. I try to hold on and like fix it, the worse it usually gets. So, yeah. and sometimes those people come back around later or right. run it at a different part of your path. But it's being able, part of, yeah, being embracing these parts of yourself is being able to let go yeah. of other people. And that, is one of the biggest things that stops us sometimes. That can be I'm hard. I'm so glad you brought that up because here, I'm like throwing my notes out the window. <laughs> we have no order here. It's just everywhere it's now. Just, just I love it. This is us though. This, <laughs> this is why is our so conversations us. are five hours later. <laughs> but um, I'm so glad that you brought that up because what happens as you get older too with relationships and being your, getting closer to your authentic self is mm-hmm. that everyone's kind of um, growing in different trajectories. So you may have started off with friends where maybe you guys were similar in certain ways, or maybe your constructed or social self fit Mm -hmm. certain groups of people Mm -hmm. or certain friends or certain environments. And now that you're getting closer to who you are and you're learning more and you're growing and evolving more, you might actually fall out of alignment with certain people. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that they're bad or you're bad. You just fall out of alignment or maybe their growth takes them somewhere else down a different different path or a different way of seeing things. And then who knows, maybe years later, you guys will come back together or what have you. But I've Mm -hmm. seen that happen where it's just like, my journey has led me down this way of seeing things. And I have friends who eventually went down another path of the way that they were connected and saw things and their perspectives. And so just even realizing how the closer that you get to who you really are, it actually might cause you to fall out of alignment with certain people because you were actually aligned with possibly a socially constructed version that aligned with them or that group or that space. Yeah. That's one of the things I learned. I I think I originally, I originally, um, I, I, when I started, when that started to happen in my life, I kind of um, thought of that as, oh, I'm doing something wrong. Right. Like if you're losing people or, or if this relationship isn't going well, like I'm doing something wrong. And then I had a couple of mentors, one of them being Martha Beck, who made it very clear that, no, that's actually part of of the path. And that's actually means you're doing it right. Oh, that was such a relief because it gave me permission to, it's still a sad and it's still been hard because I am so attached to people, you know, the, the people in my life and the ones that I love. Um, and I love hard and I get very close to them. But I just find that 
organically, it organically shifts. And then the key though is if you can just start to recognize it when it's happening and just kind of, like I said, allow it, then it's just part of the process. Um, I think there's been a couple where I definitely didn't allow it. And and I learned my lesson um, where I was like, no, I will not let that happen or I will not let that person go. And so you're literally like, you're being torn apart. You know what I mean? Like you're holding on for dear life because that's hard. But I love what you said too. It doesn't mean they're wrong and you're right or you're right. It's about different journeys and Mm -hmm. different paths. And sometimes those are away from each other for a time. Maybe, you know, maybe it was, there was a season and it's over. And because of your own journey, you just have to um, be able to understand that's part of the process. And I will say, because it is my favorite topic that when it comes to romantic relationships. I was just thinking that, like what happens when two people are married or in a long, you know, and then they start drifting, learning who they really are or start going in different directions. That's huge. Okay. So that's why when I'm asked, what are some of the most important qualities that you really want to find in a romantic partner? That, that growth mindset of being, um, understanding what you and I are talking about. If you can come together knowing that, okay, we are always going to be growing. We're always going to be, you know, yeah. evolving and becoming who we really are more so as we go, right? And and finding that out. Mm-hmm. If you are willing to do that together, that is... Now, I've been married 17 years. That's been the thing that's kept us together because we met yeah. at a very different stage of our life than we are now. Yeah. Um, and we just... and. I, I also know I'm always like, oh, but if I grow in this way, will that take me away from, you know, my husband? Will that affect our relationship? But I've always found that it's it actually just ends up bringing us closer. Mm, there may be a right. time of conflict or, you know, it, we're, we're kind of like wrestling it out, yeah. but it always brings us closer in the end. Yeah. And if it doesn't, and you're truly both on that path and you are feeling like it's taking you apart, I think also being like willing to understand that that might be right what's what right for you in that yeah. time as well that's that's hard really I hard. find yeah in my marriage in my one newlywed year of marriage <laughs> we've been together six years but like but like they say in, the first year is the hardest so. it has but mostly because of like health issues I've been yeah. going through and Jason's yeah. been amazing yeah you get through but like what can also happen is when you are more aligned yeah. with yourself and you you start to find this passion for life mm-hmm. and this passion for yourself. And it can actually also bring that vitality back into your relationship. Completely. Yes. You know, yes. even just like like intimacy wise mm-hmm. and um, just yeah. in spending time together because you feel alive. Yes. It can also bring that life to your marriage too. It's a really so good point. So that's another side. Yeah. And you're getting... You're, you're like, when I was saying leveling up, you're doing that together. You're almost like getting yeah. a new version of your partner or each other. You're adding in a new part of yourself as you like find it on your journey and you come closer to it. And so there's this, it just keeps things um, new, but also yes. exciting. And and it's like you're on an adventure together. And that adds so much vitality yeah. into, because people are, you know, asking you questions all the time. Well, how do you keep it exciting after 17 yes. years? Or how do you, you know, like, how do you not get sick of each other and all this, these things? That's how you just are on this journey together. And so it stays exciting and new. And yeah. by no means is it a fairy tale. It's challenging, but that's also part of it. Every time we go through something, we come out on the other side, having both grown and mm. become more um, aligned with who we really are. It's, Again, it just it's it brings us so much closer in yeah. all areas. So wow, I'm having a thought now of just like 
this is how, this is one example of how being with one person can last you a lifetime because you are committed to going through life maybe with these different versions of this person Mm -hmm. and continuously growing together and maybe making these shifts and pivots together and doing these new things together. Mm -hmm. And that is a part of the the excitement, but that only happens when you give yourself permission to do those things and to allow yourself to do those things. Um, That's huge. And I really, really love that um, as someone who is like looking into the future Mm -hmm. as well. And also as someone who really appreciates how open-minded my husband is, I didn't realize how much I needed that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I feel completely safe to change and shift and grow. And mm-hmm. because he's so non-judgmental and because he's so open-minded, like he, I know that he married me for the essence of who I am. Yes. And those things are not going to like cut me off from mm-hmm. him and vice versa. I feel yeah. the same way toward him. And I just think about like guys I've dated in the past where they had this very structured legalistic kind of view of even just like what the woman is in marriage or, you know, what a marriage is supposed to look like according to like these stipulations or what have you, or according to these routines or what have you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have felt (laughs) not only so restricted myself within that, but I would have, I would have probably withdrawn into myself. I probably would have difficulty really feeling free to change and express myself because he had an image of what a marriage and wife and what have you is supposed to look like for your lifetime. Yeah. And we get a lot of those where people model like, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is, and it's like, but what if you change, they change, life changes, your views change, your perspectives changes. Where is the room for that? And only if there's room for that, I think, can you have a lifetime relationship? Because, and I often, that is, you know, a lot of the challenge with the relationships I see is their one person is in that, that growth and that, you know, that journey and um, living that open-minded, but also just open to learning in general. And the other person is just like, rigid and, you know, just this is how it is and they don't want to change. I mean, that's like the quickest thing to tear you apart right there, I think, is Mm. not having that. So the fact that you do have that and I have that, I wanted him to be more like rigid and close, but (laughs) I was like safe to me, but it's what I needed was what I got, which was this This open-minded. Sometimes we look for security in that, like this is who they are and this is who we're going to get. But that's not... That's, yeah, for me, that was not what I needed. And and it probably, we wouldn't have been able to make it through or grow in the way that we have yeah. if I didn't have that. And I think, I didn't even, like what you said, I didn't even know that I needed that at oh, the time, but right. I did. And the fact that we loved each other for like, I love the essence of who we were. Mm-hmm. We could navigate through all of these things that have occurred through that. We've never lost that. And, yeah. and another thing when we were talking about how it feels when you find you know, something that's aligned with you. It feels like home. That's how it felt with him. And I didn't always, I didn't necessarily know why, but that's what pulled us through so much too, was just knowing there's like this, um, this knowing that this is home. And if you're (laughs) single, this is so great. This is such great news, I think, because even for me, I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, that's why I didn't ma- end up marrying that person or that's why that person didn't work out. Oh, they would have gotten this past version of me yeah. and that's who they were aligned with. Mm-hmm. And if they were locked in with who I used to be and I've changed so much since then, 
I don't know if that would have worked. And so it's kind of nice to think maybe, possibly, not to like minimize or bypass, but maybe there is a chance that it's a good thing that you're meeting or that you have the potential to meet someone on this side of your evolution and of who you are. So now you can... um, now you can meet with someone who aligns with like who you are yes. and closer to yourself yes. instead of ending up with someone who is aligned with your socially constructed self. Imagine you end up with someone who is aligned with your authentic self and then you never have to pretend, you never have to mask, you never have to try to add up to and conform to an image. Yeah, That is the type of long-term freedom in a relationship that you want. So it could be a good thing yeah. that you are in this journey now with yourself. Oh. So you can That's have everything. That. that is the work you have. You having That's now with yourself first is yeah. yeah is and then meeting and then you bring in you attract you align with that person. That is, if you're committed to yourself first and you're and you're in that journey, you are going to probably align with the person that yeah. is also going to do that. I was when you were talking about that. I was thinking the first year of marriage. Um, I tried to be the socially yes. constructed perfect wife, the step for wife, like this almost like. I don't even know, robotic version of like, here's dinner and here's this. And like, it's like 50s, it's like whatever. movie. Yeah. By the way, Stepford Wives. I just, it's like the construct in my head that I think yes. of. I have to watch the movie again. <laughs> but I just like, I was trying, but I was, every time I was doing what I thought I should be doing, I would just not be who I was. And that ended up really hurting our marriage, which right. just even more so showed me that he was with me for the truer version of myself, not this other... Thank God. Right? Thank God. Kudos, Jeff. Because it was really... It shout was out so to miserable. Jeff on the podcast. <laughs> a shout out to Jeff. And not wanting we this like, perfect constructed version. Yes. So that I needed that to happen too in order for me yeah. to kind of give myself permission of... Yeah, that's not what it's about. That's Especially <laughs> knowing you, like me knowing you as a friend mm-hmm. and how like free-spirited <laughs> you are. It's not me. I'm like, whoa, that that would not have... Yeah. You would have felt, felt trapped. Yeah. I'm the same way. I would have felt so trapped. I, I, I toy with Jason a lot, but the other day I asked him, I was like, so if I decided that I am now into Islam and yeah. I started praying to Allah... <laughs> would you stay with me? He's like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, would you pray with me? He's like, no. (laughs) He was like, that's your thing. But I love you, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, totally. Um, And so it's just, it's just so funny because I I try to see like, how far can I go? Right. You're (laughs) like- Of acceptance, (laughs) you know? But- um, Totally. But I believe him. I Mm -hmm. totally believe him. He's, anyway, my husband's the most like non-judgmental person that I've ever met. Um, which is Shout great. out to your Shout out to Jason. The Jays. That's what it is. It's the, the Jays. Jays. That's totally what it is. So, you know, earlier we talked about how sometimes we can find ourselves in environments that we are disconnected from ourselves. And, you know, people have a variety of experiences, you know, with faith or a variety of religious experiences. I know that we've talked on the podcast before about spiritual abuse and religious mm-hmm. manipulation and religious trauma. And for a lot of people who do feel disconnected from themselves, um, these are some of the things that they experience and they went through that actually played a big role in maybe why they're experiencing an existential crisis or a faith crisis or trying to return back to who they really are and like what they really believe and all of that. And so I'm hoping that we can maybe even speak to, we both have personal experiences, you know, of um, there are 
there's obviously healthy faith that flourishes us, Mm -hmm. you know, and who we really are and who we're created to be. And then there is kind of this unhealthy faith that restricts us and it withdraws us and it, um, it drains us and it's unsustainable, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think just speaking to maybe what are, what have been your experiences of how it can look like to have faith constructs or ideologies that disconnect you, Mm -hmm. um, and do it with a spiritual language, believing that this is maybe God's will or what have you right? versus maybe a healthy spirituality that actually is holistic in mm-hmm. nature and still has faith, maybe still is connected to God, but is also still connected to yourself mm-hmm. in, in that having that holistic nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a really great <laughs> question. Very, very, it runs so deep. And I think for me, Um, I've been on quite a journey with that in my life. And um, I've definitely experienced the unhealthy faith, the spiritual abuse. I've, you know, when I was very vulnerable, when I left my home after high school and off to college and I fell for someone that, now this is a good example. I wanted him to love me. And he he had just, you know, kind of found his own version of faith and all of that. And I kind of followed him to this really highly controlled religious environment that I became a part of. And it was the be- it was really just four years of very intense um, manipulation and control about what I was to think, who I was supposed to marry, what I'm supposed to do with my life. I mean, it was, yeah. and it was all under the guise of God's will, which is for someone, you know, anyone who has a heart that actually wants to do that and, you know, quote the right thing, you, of course, and you're in such a vulnerable state, you just automatically abandon all parts of yourself because they are demonized or they are, you know, told that they're wrong or they're not aligned with what this authority is telling you should be, right? But over time, it started to contradict itself. What they would say, also they would say it to someone else. Just things that I'm like, well, that can't possibly be true. The logic is not, the the math is not started to just, And I just started to feel so, all the symptoms we were talking about, depressed and miserable and confused Mm -hmm. and not clear and not close Mm -hmm. to God and my faith. And it was actually hurting me and my relationship in my faith and in that world. So it took me a while to recover, but understanding that. And I went through my own existential crisis of what, where is my faith? Is it even there? And understanding that not only is it there, but it was so much stronger once I left those influences. And again, the really unhealthy, the manipulative for the sake of controlling me and doing what I, what they wanted me to do. Now, deciphering God's will versus their will, right. but them wanting me to think it was the same. That's the manipulation. Part. That was the manipulation. They entangle them. Yes. And for their own, for the feeding of what they, they want, which is the power and all the things they were getting from it, right? Yeah. But I was just, I gave the benefit of the doubt. They just want the best for me. How do they even know what that is, right? It's not possible. I know what that is because of all the things we talked about and it can still be completely in God's will. In fact, it's yes. more likely that it is when it's coming from that place. That's my my you know experience with it. Yeah. Um, and I was so happy to find that I could actually have my faith, my faith and that it was strengthened by being in my most 
authentic self. That is yeah. actually what God created me to be. So Right. And if you sense. believe that God is within you, yes. right, then yes. when you are connecting to your truest self, who you're created to be in yeah. your organic nature, you are connecting to God yes. and who God made you to be. If yes. that is, you know what I mean? And yeah. so it's yeah. what what I'm what I'm really hearing out of everything that you're saying, and it has been true to my experience, is again looking at the fruit. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about 100%. looking at the fruit in faith communities, you know, and it's like, what is the fruit showing you? Mm-hmm. You know, if you believe that God came to give you life mm-hmm. and life to the fullest and in abundance, and you're in a situation that is robbing you of life, that is taking you from life, that is consuming you with shame and guilt and shame-based and guilt-based indoctrination that takes you out of who you are mm-hmm. and that is really man-made mm-hmm. based on their own social constructs. And that happens a lot where they try to mandate things like they are, you know, God's will, but they're act- it's actually really man-made constructs yes. and rules, yeah. you know? And so, but again, for faith-loving people who are really wanting to be earnest, why wouldn't you try to get as close to that as possible? Completely. You know? And it's almost like the... The wounds, the trauma wounds, so to speak, that kind of, I think I certainly had being, you know, that made me vulnerable to that was that I don't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm not important. What I want to do doesn't matter. And that's not, that is not true. So, and right. it's not even like, that would mean that who God made me doesn't matter. That would also apply to God, right? Like yeah. that that's like, no, I'm actually supposed to be exactly who I am, that there's a purpose for that, that I can in- contribute to this earth and the way, yeah. right? And and make it a better place. That's my whole goal. That's my mission. And um, and the only thing that would make me not believe that is that I don't really matter and that all the things that these people are saying yeah. matter more. And yeah. it doesn't, it didn't, the fruit of that was not good. <laughs> Gosh, I had a similar experience where those who were quote unquote in authority were trying to um, basically indoctrinate me with the Mm -hmm. idea that anything that I wanted to like maybe pursue with my direction or with what I think I needed to do needed to kind of like go through them Mm. or that God would also give them confirmation of this thing because they're like my spiritual covering or like my spiritual head or what have you. And anyone who's listening who's like not in the church or (laughs) any of this, this probably sounds like woot woot to you, but it happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, not every space is like this. I've been been in very autonomous spaces where they are like, hey, we're here, we support you and we're here to for any, you know, guidance or but at the end of the day, you know you best, mm. you know, and we're here and that's so healthy. So that to say I have seen both sides to where I can see and viscerally feel the difference mm-hmm. between high control and we are walking together, you know, as fellow travelers in faith, you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, I had that experience too, where it was like, if I made a decision, it's like, oh, why didn't you tell us about it? Or they wanted to constantly meet to almost review the choices that I was going to make, oh, wow. you know? Or sometimes it would be like, oh, I had a dream about you and, it, you know, about this thing considering you and this is how I interpreted it and tried to put on me like, this is what we think you should do, like Mm. based off of this maybe prophetic dream or message that they got or what have you. And 
I remember just being in a state of like, I, I think I was always kind of somewhat in some confusion of just like, do I believe this is true? Like uh, these are people who are very kind and loving, right? Mm-hmm. They're not, I'm not getting anything of like malintent from them. They're not mean, but I feel like something's not right. I think I felt the spiritual manipulation underneath it, yes. but I couldn't put a, a finger to it because I didn't fully understand what was going on at the time because I'd never been through it before. Right. Right. And so, but what was happening was they were conditioning me that. And I believe that they also had this conditioning from like other spiritual leaders that they were under. Totally. I, that they did that to them. And I think that became their construct their construct mm-hmm. of what it means to be a spiritual leader or yes, over absolutely. people or your spiritual parents, they like to say, or what have you. Yes. Right. Yes. And so I came back to learn, oh, this was their indoctrination. And they literally thought they were doing the right thing and the godly thing, Mm -hmm. you know, but they were conditioning me that I cannot, that God is not in me. Mm -hmm. It's in them. I cannot trust myself for my own direction, for my own choices, for my own needs. It has to go through someone else. It has to go through an external sets of approval Mm -hmm. and God has to confirm it with them in order for it to be true. Right. And so that just, it wasn't until I had a faith crisis after I got out of that, Mm -hmm. um, that I realized I was so disconnected from my faith. It actually did the opposite. It disconnected me further from my faith. Right. And it actually took me a while to even go back into faith communities. Like I want to say like within that year or so, because then I stopped trusting people because I started feeling like, they're using spiritual manipulation. They're using control. And because that happened to me, you are on guard about that happening again. Of course. Right? And you and know it's so, possible for And you that. know it's possible. But then I realized, I was like, you know what? I got to a point where I was like, but now I know. Mm. You know, so I can go into these spaces again yeah, because now informed. I know what it looks like. 100%. I'm like, I'm informed. So mm-hmm. it's, you know more than likely not going to happen again because now I'm 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 not starting from scratch I'm starting from experience yeah. and I'm able to differentiate the two because I've experienced yeah. it and I've experienced the opposite that's correct you know yeah. so and I think that's the point yeah. is like once you've experienced it right and and it's you can't just get the wool pulled over your eyes it's like the, it, it, it happens you can't unsee it you can't unsee it yeah. and it, and it does there's this metaphor like the frog in the boiling pot i don't know if you've heard of it but it's just a frog in a pot and the water is slowly boiling and the frog cannot feel that because it's mm-hmm. not it's different than just jumping into a boiling pot clearly that's not okay wrong right. get out right but when you're in it and you don't know what's happening and you're and it's just slowly boiling and you you can't actually feel that happening we don't know what's going on we just assume this is a great place or we can trust or it's fine. But then once the water gets to boiling or your, your, you know, whatever it is, it's telling you this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of like for our, one of our examples to relate to you is I was sick once we were with um, this group. I was actually with my now husband and we were dating each other in this group of people and the head authority was there and, 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 um, I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling well. And and so my husband was like, oh, I, I'll pray for you. And the authority was like, oh no, you can't do that. I'll, I'll That's my job. I'll do that. Oh my and God. literally it was like, that's when both of us were like, and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the awakening moment of wow. the water's boiling, we're getting out. Um, like there was some 
special thing that he had that my husband did not. And it was just right. this intrinsic so method common. of you, you don't have that. I do. You're control. not, yeah, you're not control. Um, important. You're not this, you're not that. You don't have access to your own relationship and your own faith with God. I mean, that's like a huge um, issue when we're talking about this topic of how to move forward in our life and a yeah. huge block to doing it in the most, um, the way that you're going to thrive the most in and the most, yes. and what you said that have the most amazing fruits in your life, obviously when yeah. you have that relationship. Um, but so removing the things that are uh, really standing between you and that. And sometimes it it takes, you know, some time to realize it. But once you do, like you said, yeah. it's a really important awareness to have moving forward if you are going to be in those environments. Yeah, I felt like we couldn't talk about this without talking about some of those environments because I know a lot of people who are listening Mm -hmm. are going through this or have Mm -hmm. gone through this. And we've even talked about in other episodes where um, differentiation is not a bad thing. And you have a lot of these spaces where they say that they're about unity, but they're really about conformity. And it's that you can't really be accepted unless you think like they do, act like they do, even dress like they do. Sometimes you'll see that everyone's like wearing the same types of style. Yes, I was told also what to wear. That's true. All of that. And it's total conformity Mm -hmm. um, rather than the differentiation of you are free to express yourself, be who you are, be different. It's important. You know, and we accept these differences as we are traveling together and we're all in our own bodies, in our own selves, Mm -hmm. you know, walking maybe this faith road together. Um, And I've learned over the years, like that is healthy faith. That is healthy because everyone is connected to who they are and therefore everyone is stronger mm-hmm. and strongest in what they are to be doing and in the gifts that they bring yeah. because of their differentiation. And let's even go one step further and say, whoever's listening that is in maybe those environments that there is, there's so many parts, you're probably feeling something that isn't right. Yes, And to do. trust that. And the reality <laughs> is we feel that way earlier sometimes than we actually listen yeah. because of all the things that are telling us not to listen to that part uh, of us that usually oftentimes is connected to God. And that is part of the, the, the holiest part of what is in us. And we're listening, you know, we're, we're shutting it down out of the idea that, ooh, that, that doesn't matter. What I feel isn't important. You steamroll what you feel is dangerous or what you feel like just isn't right. And if you can just give yourself permission to listen to those, um, it will take you out of those environments and into healthy ones. And, you know, and again, that's going to be very difficult at times to untangle yourself from that. That can be very hard. Yeah. But that's the first step is giving yourself permission to listen to what you know is telling you something isn't right. Something is just not right <laughs> or it's, aligned. That usually always ends up being true. Yeah. That's all I'll say. It's yeah. like, and most people who I talk to, they mm-hmm. feel it. They're like, mm-hmm. something's not right. Either mm-hmm. this is like high control or there's some manipulation going on or like the fruit is not adding up. The fruit is huge. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, I always tell people, I'm like, trust it. I know you've been told, like are indoctrinated or taught like not to trust yourself, but mm-hmm. that's actually how people stay in control. 
That's how people stay in power by disconnecting you from yourself and using fear and telling you you can't think differently. That is group think. Group think. And indoctrination that's like that is also um, strong because it is socially reinforced Mm -hmm. by everyone around you who is also kind of in that echo chamber. Um, But a lot of times you'll even find in those echo chambers, people are having private thoughts, but they're not saying it. Yes, because... They're not talking about it. Because of that uh, (laughs) primitive brain that says if we stand out, if we're not part of the crowd, we won't survive. That's a real survival instinct that sometimes it takes... Just even being aware of that though, that, oh, that's why I feel that way because... That's like, that's a survival instinct, literally part of my brain that's telling yeah. me don't, don't stand apart. But sometimes that's exactly what you need to do to yeah. actually save yourself from that or actually get yourself out of that. So. And find other environments that are accepting. Always. There's always know. other ones that are like much more like-minded that are not high control that actually do want the best and you're for like, oh, you. And you this does exist. It does. And it depends on where you live. Sometimes in some smaller towns, it might be harder to find, you know? Well, maybe in person, but online. Online now, there's so many. Yes. There's so many options to find that. I think, yeah, some places it might be more, it might be harder to do in person. Yeah. There's, you have access to the world now, right? So (laughs) speaking of access to the world and online, really quickly, Mm -hmm. just speaking to now social media, because like you said at the beginning, you know, now we have social media, which is, I mean, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Historically, we've always had media trying to tell us who to be and what to do. You know, you know, whether you're women and you get these images of how you should look and how your body should look or you're men and how what it looks to be masculine and what it looks to be like a male. Now I'm, wow, now I'm getting into gendered roles. Right. Wow. So, I mean, let's talk about it. But, or just like... The masculine, feminine, and other favorite topic. I know. You love talking. I love those that masculine, can be a whole feminine conversations. Because, yeah, that's a good one. But, um, you know, uh, now with social media, we have, you know, influencers. We have um, organizational leaders. We have all these people telling you, like their formulas yeah. of how to get their success or how to get their marriage or mm-hmm. their ideologies. And there's nothing wrong with that per I, se because yeah. the, the internet is an open field. People are allowed to share what has worked for them and what they love, you know, and it's up to us to discern what fits for us, what works for us, what to take and what to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean... Yeah, I have issues with things that are applied dogmatically. I'm also, I'm always like, even though I'm saying this, think about what works for you. Oh, 100%. You know? 100%. That is But on huge. social media, there's a lot of things that are said, like gospel truth. Like, this is what you need in order for your marriage to work because this is how my marriage worked. Mm-hmm. Or this, you have to follow this exact fitness routine, but maybe your body is different. Maybe your schedule is different. Maybe your capacity is different. Like, all these things, mm-hmm. or even just if you're someone who's trying to grow on social media or be a creator, you're following someone that you admire and you think, oh, I must have to do social media like, like them, yes. you know, or I must have to show up online like them. And that can even happen. And I've been in that trap totally. in the beginning where I was online. I'm like, oh, this is what's successful for other people on social media. So I have to gonna work for me. be this way or act this way yes. or post these types of things. Yeah. And there have been so many times where I'm like, 
why am I trying to do this type of content? Like, and this you know, does as not soon as you stick. do it, it's it not, never sticks. It doesn't stick. It you doesn't can't work. do it consistently because it people feel work. that too. They're like, "This, what is she?" You know, <laughs> they might not even understand why they feel. Like, I feel like people I've, have felt that way about me at what's the probably. Point. What is she doing? Why is <laughs> she? she is. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring out what I like. You like, to, you know, yeah, you definitely. I give myself and permission. I've, to be honest with you, I've invested in a lot of like <laughs> courses and formulas Fair. and you know because of that habit of ooh the external yeah they know they this, know they know better. and sometimes there are some helpful things exactly Absolutely. you take parts of it you yeah. can take it's still valuable because you take right. parts of it that work for yes. you but th- then understanding that oftentimes what works for us is sometimes already in us it's already in us it's already in us it's there and you so just have to pay attention you have to, to it. pay attention and you can't so it beca- can be so easy to rely on that external, again, path because it's there, but then yeah. it distracts you from the path that wants to unfold in you. And yeah. and that, I will say my, another thing that Martha Beck always says, which I love so much as a coach, when you're saying the dogmatic thing, the first thing you say is correct me if I'm wrong, but this is blah, blah, blah. Yes, so, and, I and I think the same thing with social media, like everything that's out there, understanding that this might not work for you or this isn't right. right. And so, but that's not, that wasn't your main question. (laughs) It kind of is though, because like, I know even there are some people who are just personality wise, more type A Mm -hmm. when it comes to their schedule, their structure. I am a type B person. Yes. And so it's like, if I try to apply their routines, their rituals, it just doesn't stick for me because I'm just a little bit more like flexible, creative, like to move things around, like to do things differently. So I just have to work with my brain. Yes. Um, Yes. But yeah, I mean, there's the one side where it's like, maybe if you're trying to create online and you're looking at that, but then there's the other side of just being a human online where you're seeing how people live their lives or how people dress Mm -hmm. or how people, what types of jobs people have or whatever is appearing successful or what have you. Mm -hmm. Because we do get some highlight reels, you know? Of course. And we're thinking, oh, this is... This must be how I have to show up as a woman, like this person, or I'm. My life needs to look like this in order to be considered successful, or I need to have this aesthetic, or or this filter, this, or what have you. <laughs> Which I use right? filters, by the way. So. Nothing's wrong with filters. We don't demonize no. filters here. But sometimes but, it's easy when you're not just to throw a filter on instead of makeup or whatever. Right, you it's just all woke up. But you're again, like... that's unique for each person. So not judging it as a whole, or yeah. not, and understanding that everything it's that's nuanced. being offered on social media is applies to certain people. This is actually one of the things that came up when you were talking about that. One of the reasons it's so important that we align with who we were created mm-hmm. to be, who are at our core, um, is because we become almost, if you are in, you know, in the kind of service industry or the coaching or that you're offering some mm-hmm. form of um, service in a way, you become a beacon almost for your people. You you almost yes. become like a magnet and your people, so to speak, are the ones that really need what you have to offer that will relate to that. They do tend to find you online like or in life or I'll just come literally in the most random ways. I'll come yeah. across my clients or people that I'm meant to work with. And it's just from me being me, right. my truest version of myself. That also means though that, you know, there are people, 
what you were saying, there's different things for everybody that really is because of everything from how their brain works to the experience in their life, to what they've been through, their personality type, and understanding that, yeah, not everything on social media, regardless of how well it's doing or how many likes it has, is going to be aligned with you. So understanding what Mm -hmm. does that feel like? And then also as a content creator, as someone on social media, what you're putting out, it is so important that it's, yeah. It's authentic because it's really just, it's what I think it makes the most powerful impact in that yeah. way. And it may not always get the most likes. Honestly, some of the greatest content I've seen yeah. is more hidden and not everyone can see it. So it's not, it's just not about judging it that way, right. which can be so tempting. I've even noticed that with ideologies online. There are people I really love yeah. and I actually enjoy following, but I don't agree with everything that they think or post and say it so boldly, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's okay. I can even look at that and say, I like some aspects of their content. I love like who this person is. Sometimes they might post something. I'm like, you know, I don't agree with that. You know, I don't, that's not for me. That's not what I believe, but that's okay because I've also developed mm -hmm. um, a nuanced thought framework of people are allowed to have differences of beliefs we live in a human world that will always exist. That doesn't mean anyone's a bad person or right. what have you. They just have a different perspective based off of their background, their upbringing, their what, however their views have been sh- shaped and formed. Mm-hmm. And I have mine, yeah. you know? And so even recognizing that with yourself, because sometimes we think, and we've talked about the confidence bias, because someone has said something so boldly, and again, we're looking for that external confirmation of what we should think, because honestly, that's also easier than critical thinking, especially if you're already overworked and busy and you don't have the mental capacity. It's just like, tell me what to think. So true. Tell me what to believe. That sounds good. And so even I think that is a part of coming home to yourself and being authentic with yourself is knowing that you can see things online. And even though people say it confidently or they feel very strong in their beliefs or convictions or what have you, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to take that on or enmesh with it or it has to, you have to agree with it. Yeah. You know, but when you are closer to yourself, you know what those things are. And even when I read books by people that I admire, there are parts of the book where I'm like, I really love that. That inspired me. And there are parts of the book where I'm like, that's interesting. I don't agree with that thought, but that's okay. And I keep reading, you know, and I just don't think some of us have been taught that those types of skills or that that's okay. I think we've been taught this all or nothing kind of view. Either you completely cut yourself off from Mm -hmm. people who don't think like you or don't align, or you, you know, are kind of just open to everything and then you're deceived or what have you. Right. It's like you, black and white thinking. Again, that goes back gray. to yeah. te- people telling you you can't trust yourself. That's the underlying message in that. Yes. You can't trust yourself to filter through information because you are too susceptible to deception. Yes, and that will keep you completely closed. That'll and keep just you no with the limited thinking. information that you have. Right. And so showing up to social media, I don't spend a whole lot of time on social media, mm-hmm. but I think when I do, it's, it, it, it's with that... The same thing that you just said about being able to go back into the faith communities or go into communities where, yes, there is a lot of potentially toxic and, you know, uh, just unhealthy, unhealthy things happening. But going in, but not going in because of that. It's like, right. You you go in with an um, discernment, with awareness, with 
a confidence in yourself that if something aligns with you, great. If it doesn't, that's okay too. Yeah. And it goes back. I mean, it really applies to everything we talked about today. It's the relationship that you're in. It's the community that you're in. It's social media. It's really showing up to all these things in the same way. Yeah. Which is if you trust yourself and you, again, I think we're going to be more and more aligned as till the day we die, we're going to be learning who we really are. Which is exciting. So exciting. But if we can show up, and that also gives us more permission too to show up to environments that in the past, when I was in highly controlled environments, I was honestly as scared of because yes. I might be, oh, what are, what's going to happen? Or it was almost like I had also given my power to those things or like right. that they were going to have some sort of influence o- over me versus me showing up as me and then holding my own space, holding my own power, holding my mm-hmm. own and showing up, being willing to do that in environments that maybe I wasn't before. And it's opened my world. It's opened my community. It's opened so many beautiful things. And the fruit of that has been so healthy, right? Beautiful. I really believe that that is the epitome of mental, emotional, spiritual, psychological health. This idea that you can individuate and be who you are Mm -hmm. while also being in community. And I think that's what allows you to do that is you can recognize... I'm around people who have different thoughts, feelings, views, beliefs, what have you, and I have mine. However, we can coexist in love, you know, understanding that this is a part of what it means to be human, you know, and I don't have to take away their power. They don't have to take away mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's also what bridges understanding for one another. Because if you allow yourself to be yourself, if you've accepted yourself as you are, if you allow yourself to think differently, Mm -hmm. you're going to give that same allowance to other people because you have it for yourself. And that creates healthy environment. That creates healthy communication Yes, and because you give it to yourself. And it's it's the most full version. Like when you're- And and you're- uh, all contributing who you are into a space, that's a beautiful thing that yes. that enhances it so much more when you're just showing up as you, they're showing up as you. Yeah. And how much more full and beautiful is that, you know, in just in general? That is, I think, um, that is the journey, being able to do that and not get... Because honestly, getting smaller, fawning, all these, they're all just responses out of that trauma place of I can't fully be who I am. Safety. And I'm still, I, I, I'm still healing from that because, and the, the heart behind that is always like, oh, I don't want to offend. I don't want to this. I don't want to that. But what ends up happening is someone once said to me, oh, your, your presence here was a gift. And it just shifted my perspective of what if you thought of it that way? What if you think of your presence as who you truly are is a gift? Right. Then you will happily do it as opposed to, ooh, this is going to negatively affect the, the, you know, the environment when you think of it. No, whoever you are listening, who you are at your core, who you might be hiding because you might be scared or embarrassed or shamed or anything, that is the gift you have to bring to this world. And I think that is a beautiful way to see it is just, that's what we need that version of you. Everyone Mm. needs it. Everyone's life will be, you know, enhanced in that way when you show up in that way. So... That's so beautiful. I think kind of in closing, on that note, some of us may have aligned with these types of beliefs for a long time that being my full self, my true self isn't safe or people, I'm going to lose people or people Mm -hmm. won't like me or Mm -hmm. um, who I really am is not worthy or people won't be interested or whatever it is. There's so many narratives that we have that are running subconsciously and those could go so far back 
Those could go back to childhood. <laughs> Those could go do. back to having to earn approval from parents or having to perform for emotionally unavailable parents. They or, can go back generations. You're back, just taking oh, on yeah. what your it parents did. Generations and <laughs> yeah. generations. It could yeah. go back to peers in school where you yeah. learned that you had to fit in with your peers in a certain way in order to be accepted because Huge. you would be ostracized or bullied. Like this is years of messaging of social conformity. And it's it's just honestly a part of human nature, mm-hmm. right? Um, and being in social groups. It's what comes with it. There's no group in the history of time that is free of this as Mm -hmm. long as we're in community with people. And so I think going forward um, in terms of takeaways, just thinking about the reframes that we need to have for Mm -hmm. ourselves that maybe we need to repeat to ourselves, maybe even in these situations where we realize we're masking, we're performing, we're people-pleasing, we're shrinking, we're not being ourselves out of fear or what have you, having either some mantras or some affirmations, some of those reframes that we can repeat to ourselves that allow us to practice self-acceptance, you know? Um, And even if the word self-acceptance for you feels icky, or there is a pushback there Mm -hmm. or what have you. Um, Even exploring why that is Mm -hmm. and what is the underlying construct that tells you that that's a bad thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, Um, any resistance is... Is is information. Yeah. And there's always... Like that is actually something, what you just said, something really great to explore to help you untangle it, if you So how does self-acceptance play a role in all of this? At the core. Yeah. Getting to that place. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like that's that's a repetitive practice for me. I agree. And I think that is, that is the individuation process is, is, is accepting your individual self, right? And versus, um, I don't even know, Carl Jung, who's a psychologist said, you know, that's his main focus was individuation, right? And and the the journey, this is your life. Having Figuring out who you are and not only being that, but accepting it and embracing it. Yeah. And he was someone who you would ask if, do you believe in God? Do you, what was it? Do you believe in God? And he was like, no, I know yes. there's a God. And that's someone who's like, Why did my work? therapist quote that too from him? <laughs> really? Totally. I love that because I, when I was in that, I was struggling with that too. Like, is this all, can we combine this all? And the point is it is all, it is all part of it. And I think, yeah. again, if there's any resistance or division in your mind about all of that stuff, it's just all part of exploring it. That is the journey yeah. and accepting all parts, including the resistance that you have, including yes. the your own judgments, your own, you know, thoughts, all of it. It's just yeah. being willing to explore all of that. That's part of the acceptance and it's yeah. powerful. Because some of that I'm learning is the resistance comes from indoctrination. Yes. That's telling it's you thoughts. you're bad. Yes. Yeah. Your heart is wicked. You can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. All these things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that resistance is coming from indoctrination because what indoctrination is, is basically a belief has been repeated to you so many times that you've accepted it as truth without questioning. And then it becomes That's a part key. of your reality and your framework. Yeah. And so the more it's repeated, the stronger that gets, you know? And so sometimes we have these these ideals that have come into our belief system of mm-hmm. ourselves and what have you that I've learned too, mm-hmm. that do disconnect you from yourself and, and, and true freedom 
comes when you've been able to reconcile like where that's come from mm-hmm. and that having true, a healthier Fina. view that mm-hmm. this is actually true freedom. I thought for a long time, freedom was disconnecting and denying myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, because the, the idea of being self-centered has been weaponized and it's like, this is not a self-centeredness. Like this is like a reconnecting with yourself that simultaneously reconnects you with God and everything and how you're meant to show up in yeah. the world. And it fills you up so that you can pour out. Exactly. And you cannot pour out from the empty vessel. If As you're we just, said, you're yeah. withdrawn, you're depressed, you're yeah, all empty. these things when you're yes. misaligned. Yes. And you can't, you can't it's not contribute. Yeah. And that's, Really, that is the most important part of it is this is the reason you're disconnecting in the first place because you think it's right and that, you know, it's the best thing to do when you realize, oh no, what I have, you know, filling up and connecting in this way is what I have and it's the best thing to do, right? And it doesn't discount all of those things that you've been told it does. It actually enhances them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So just learning and practicing that self-acceptance. Of course, there are good and bad parts of all of us. That doesn't mean that we just like go with the wind of like maybe everything that no. we feel. That's You're just being willing nuance. to question it. That's all. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. Exactly. There's nuance. <laughs> there's balance, of course. Yeah. Um, but just to keep that in mind. And Jen, is there any like last word of encouragement or out of everything we said that stuck <laughs> with you the most or what have you that you would just like to leave with listeners today? Um. I I mean, I think what I've realized is this is, I, I think what the most important thing that we probably touched on it, because I feel empathy for those that might, you know, feel what we've been talking about or be listening that do feel maybe trapped or very scared or paralyzed if, you know, because that is, like I said earlier, a trauma response just... Being, giving yourself permission, knowing and being aware of what it, what it is that is um, those deeper thoughts we were talking about. Being just one little step forward, one little question, one little willingness to see things maybe a little bit differently or ask something you wouldn't have asked or see, you know, can bring you closer to yourself. And mm-hmm. that is the most powerful place you can be. It is the most exciting. There is the most beautiful fruit waiting for you on the other side. And no matter what you're told or how fear might try to talk you out of that, it is not true. So (laughs) it is not true. The fear isn't true. Only love is true. So love, 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 follow the love and start with yourself. Start loving yourself and the most miraculous things will happen. (laughs) I love that. I've seen that to be true in my life. I, you know, as we're going into the new year, guys, I hope that this episode was just really helpful and maybe reframing how you're taking yourself into the new year. And let's leave behind all the shoulds and the (laughs) socials. I mean, there's parts of social self that serve, (laughs) but, you know, and really just walk into this new year as full and as true to ourselves as possible. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, let's continue the conversation and stay connected on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, all linked in the show notes below. Let us know your thoughts or leave a review on the podcast. Your feedback really does mean so much to us. Until next time.